Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Like there's some sort of like gossip blogger in there. Like I saw Schwartz and Raquel and they were making out all night. That's insane. I know. Oh my God, dude. Cause I explained to Katie, like, which is the truth. Raquel is kind of my dude, bro, girl. Like she's my friend. But then Katie sent me that the other day and she's like, you're dude, bro, huh? Oh, she's like my dude, bro, girl. She's my dude, bro, friend. Oh, uh, uh, uh. those two. Hello everyone. Welcome to everything iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's episode of Vanderpump Rules, which was originally supposed to be the season finale of Vanderpump Rules. And then the scandal happened and Bravo HQ was like, lights up, get the camera on these people. Somebody mic up Shishi. And I'm glad they did because I don't want the season to end. It's thrilling television, although really upsetting to watch. Hashtag justice for Ariana. Disgusting. What that Zenzival has done to her. I am so mad. Rotten Hill. Tom Zandeville. Rotten Hill. Tom Zandeville. In the words of Brittany, uh, Brittany Ann Kenton. <laughs> Tom Zandeville. I'm still not over Tom Zandeville. Rotten Hill, Tom Zandeville. I am so upset. I mean, just disgusting what they are doing in front of Ariana's face. And then Rachel. And by the way, I was in such a good mood this week. I've been in really good mood uh, for multiple reasons. Uh, the first of which being social media, which isn't normally the case. Uh, but last or a few days ago, I don't remember when it was, but I posted this clip of Michael J. Fox, uh, American Icon. Uh, he was on uh, one of the mornings, uh, CBS Sunday morning, and he gave this really inspiring quote. So I posted on my Instagram, and unbeknownst to me, somehow it went viral. And it's like millions and millions of views on my Instagram. Although I was pissed because the caption is missing, missing a comma, and it bugs me. But that's neither here nor there. The point is, uh, people oftentimes on social media, when they see a clip, they think that I'm the person or something. So people are commenting on the clip as if I'm Michael J. Fox, and it's been putting me in a good mood because people are being so nice, and they're just commenting on my Instagram. So anytime I log on Instagram, my whole like feed or whatever, where it says all the comments and stuff, it just says, like, you're an inspiration. It's like these great mantras. And so it's put me in a really good mood because everyone on Instagram is treating me like that, like just messaging and I'm getting just all these comments just say, you're so brave. You are so brave. And normally when I post a clip of like the housewives, it's just people commenting like you're a slut pig, you know, (laughs) it's a different kind of vibe. And so now it's even celebrities like Kate Flannery from the office is like, you are the most brave hero I know, you know? (laughs) And I don't think people realize like I'm not Michael J. Fox, but I will take it because it's inspiring words. And again, normally I'm used to, if I post some sort of Bravo clip, I'm just getting someone calling me an asshole or how dare you like that person from Jersey or whatever. You know, people are um, being nicer. And so I've been in a good mood. It's helped. It's helped. But then I watch Vanderpump Rules and I'm right back to square one because I am so mad at, of course, Zinzival. Tom Zandeville. And the other one. Go 
yourself, Raquel. I mean, I can't. I can't. What they're doing to Ariana is sick. So we're going to get into all of that. And then we're also going to talk The Real Houses in New Jersey and The Real Houses of Atlanta premiere. There's some Kim Zolciak news. So first, we're going to do Vanderpump Rules. Then we're going to get into the Housewives stuff. And there's so much to cover. This is going to be... I suppose an extra long episode because I don't know how we're going to get through it all. And eventually, I know we've been doing one episode a week. We might go back to two very soon, but uh, for the time being, we're just uh, front loading one whole episode for the week because Danny's tired and there's a lot going on in my life. So we're just doing one episode this week, but eventually, probably some point in the summertime, we'll be going back to two episodes because it's hard to cover all this stuff in one. It's hard to cover it all in one. Anyway, this week on Vanderpump Rules, the opening song. Do you guys catch this? The the transitional or opening song. It was gonna give it all I got. All the things aren't always what they seem, you know. <laughs> That's how the song was going. And then it was like lights up on Ken and a horse. And it was like, what? Where are we? Like I get my my balances off. We're at Villa Rosa, and it's just two. They replaced one of the horses. So they got a new horse. So they got Diamond and Velvet. And it's just. Ken feeding the horse. We got a lot of Ken these past couple of weeks. A lot of Ken happening. A lot of Ken work. They propped him up for the last two episodes of the season. It was like last week he was coming in and yelling about Tom Zinzival. Tom Zinzival. And then this week we see him feeding the horses. And then later on he was sitting at Sir having some cake. And he was muttering some stuff. And quite honestly, a lot of it didn't make any sense. I was trying to take notes. And I'm like, what did Ken just say? I felt like, and this happens in real life sometimes. I felt like Ken was answering questions and responding to things that weren't what people were saying. Does that make sense? So it was like, he was responding to something. And I was like, that's not what they said. It was confusing. But anyway, a lot of Ken works. So I'm happy for his agent. <laughs> I'm happy for whatever fees Ken's getting for these last couple of weeks. Uh, then we have, uh, we see something about her. There's a lot of that to come. We see Shishi and Brock and Marina Del Rey with Summer Moon in the Sandbox. Unfortunately, Shishi didn't get a lot of screen time this episode because she tested positive for COVID, although she seemed to be doing pretty good. She seemed healthy on the phone, so we did get her FaceTime in, but she missed all the, the business happening at Sir later in the episode. We got the Sir Dump. The Sir Dump made an appearance. And I don't know if anyone caught this, but they had a bunch of propane tanks by the Sir Dump, and I hate to, I hate to just dispel this theory, but I do actually believe that production put a lot of those propane tanks uh, behind the Sir Alley in the Sir Alley by the dump. I think they did that in hopes that maybe there could be some big fire happening. I don't know, because Katie, this whole season, she's like, I'm going to light your ass on fire. I'm going to light your ass on fire. And so I think production, before the scandal happened, they were like, we need some explosions happening this season. And Katie's been implying that she's going to light some people on fire. So they probably thought, let's throw some propane tanks and make her and Schwartz go have a scene out there and throw Rachel in there. And so I, I hate to just, I hate to throw that out there. I don't mean to be a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that production wanted a Katie to light the whole set on fire and maybe they could get some insurance money. I don't know. And I don't know if you heard this pump is closing down. So maybe I, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to spread rumors, but I do believe production wanted there to be a big, large fire happening. Uh, and look, I think production does interfere in a lot of ways, but there have been some crazy rumors about people who think that this whole scandal has been completely planned. Now, a few things that I want to say, and the most important is that none of these people are good enough actors to be able to be pulling off tears 
and sadness and whatever. Of course, on reality TV, people are put into positions that they might not normally be in. And one of the arguments I've been seeing a lot is people like, it's just like The Hills. It's just like The Hills, which was so staged and set up and scripted. But here's the thing that I think people forget about The Hills. Yes, all of those situations that LC and the gang were put in were devised by production. And we also learn oftentimes production would be in their ears, giving them lines or feeding them lines, or they wouldn't be able to go home and wrap filming until they were done. However, the most memorable things that happened on the hills was when the real life bled through into the scriptedness of the show, into the scripted conceit of the show. So for instance, the thing that I think is the most memorable is the LC blow up with Heidi at Ledoux. Oh, I miss Ledoux. I miss Ledoux. But so I think that one fight where, remember LC was like, you know what you did. You know why I'm mad at you. And they were fighting about the blogs because there was this rumor in the blogs that LC had a sex tape and whatever. And so that bled into the show. So that was real. That was a, those were real emotions. So although we think of the hills as completely scripted and stuff, but the most memorable things or the, the dissolution of Elsie and Heidi's relationship, I think was real. Elsie's disdain for Spencer was real. Like those were, so although the show now we just think of it. And so I feel like people are putting that on Vanderpump rules and we must all be smarter media consumers. Yes, these people are put into positions and have to film scenes with people they don't want to. But the emotions and everything is real. And they're not good enough actors to be uh, portraying tears and sadness in the way that they are. And must we also not forget that there are mortgages involved and weddings and marriages. This isn't like Katie and Schwartz were legitimately married. They were, it wasn't just a TV scripted thing. Ariana and Tom own a house together. I don't know what's going on with that house now. But so there are real life things happening here. And so I just think it's, I mentioned conspiracy theories at the top of the show, but we, we all need to be smarter. Like the scandal of it all. Yes, there are production elements in play and they're putting on a TV show and all of that. But I think it's crazy that people think that the whole thing is actually completely scripted by Bravo because the show was in the dump. Speaking of the Sir Dump, it was in the dump for a couple of seasons, but I just don't believe, and also I think knowing some of the people, like, I don't, there's, it's crazy to me that people think that's all scripted, like, Tom and Ariana own a house, and they've been together nine years for a TV show, and then this whole thing is going to come out in the way that it did. I mean, it's it's giving Bravo way too much credit for being able to orchestrate something that's been taking over the news cycle so, uh, so much, so, I don't know, I just had to get that off my chest, because I feel like I keep seeing that, I keep seeing that. Anyway, I'm happy about the sandwich shop. I'm happy. I had my own trouble with some food this week. Shall we take a little detour? I'm sorry. We're going to take a a quick little detour because I got to tell you this story. So last night, I had decided to get a massage yesterday. I haven't had one in forever. I was like really sore. I found a gift card that I had gotten a long time ago that was unused. I was like, I'm finally going to use it. I scheduled a massage for yesterday early evening. I think it was like six o'clock or something. So I go get the massage and I come home and by the time I'm home, I was so relaxed. It was one of those massages. I like one where you feel like completely beat up. The massage therapist told me I felt like a Lego. He's like, you're just so hard and like there's knots everywhere. And so 
that I, it was like a really, really good massage where you, you leave there and you almost feel like high, right? Like you feel like stoned or something because you're so relaxed and your voice even changes. It's like you've got that gravelly post-massage voice. Like that's how I was coming out of it. And so I'm getting home right around the time of dinner time. And I look, as I'm coming in the front door, there's a whole bag of food right at the front door. And I'm like, oh my God, how sweet. My boyfriend, Matt, ordered me food. He knew that I would be hungry. It was around dinner time. He knew that I'd get home from the massage and I'd want some food before I go to bed, right? So I'm so excited. I'm like, get in the house. I'm like, Matt, where are you? I want to thank him, you know, for being such a sweet lover. And uh, I don't hear him. So I'm assuming he went out for a walk or went to the store or something. So I sit down and I open up the bag and it's Chinese food and it's not a place I'd had before. And I start eating it. And it's not traditionally what I would order. I thought, oh, this is weird. It was like a lot of greens. So like a lot of spinach and there was like this broccoli dish and it's not normally what I would order, but I was still thrilled to be eating it. And I'm, I'm scarfing it down again. I'm sort of in that high state eating it as quickly as possible, just shoveling it in my mouth. I hadn't eaten, of course, before the massage. I don't like to eat because I don't want to, and I'll be farting on the table or whatever, excuse my language. But so I'm eating it and then like shoveling it in my mouth, like to the point where it looks like a mess. It's just on the counter. And I'm like thinking no one's here to see me. Matt's gone. So I could just let loose and really unbuckle my pants and just like fill her up. Right. Then there's a knock at the door and I go to answer the door and it's the neighbor. And it's coincidentally the neighbor actually that Matt doesn't like the husband and the wife. He is just like does not care for them. And they come to the door and Matt and these neighbors have like these note fights. Like this is the weirdest thing. It's so, so stupid. But they have like where they leave each other notes on the doors, like yelling about <laughs> it sounds so crazy to say out loud. But you know, like they've left a note on our door and like Matt's left a door a note on their door, and there's been kind of like a arch nemesis situation. I stay out of it for the most part, but I answer the door and I'm like, Oh, hi, what's going on? And she's like, the wife was like, Oh, I think our, I think our food was delivered here. So I'm freaking out in my head because I'm thinking like, I just ate all your food that was delivered here. <laughs> but what do you say? Like, I didn't want to say like, Oh, I just ate all of your food. Like I ate all that Chinese food. So I instinctively, and I'm not proud of lying, but the first thing I could think of was like, oh, no, I didn't get it. I was gone. I just got home and I'm covering up and I, Matt's not even here. And so I don't even know where the food, no one would have gotten it. And of course, like I looked down, I swear to you guys, I had a piece of spinach on my shirt, like a piece of, it was like a garlic spinach side dish. It was really delicious, but I had been eating it. They of course ordered it. And it's on my shirt and I like see it, but I'm just pretending nothing. And they ask again, they were like, Oh, that's weird. You didn't get any food. And I was like, No, just got home. And I'm not a good liar. So like my voice goes up and I was like, I wasn't even here. You know, <laughs> I do like a weird character voice. I wasn't even here. I didn't even get it. And I sound like a 1950 sportscaster or something. Anyway, I'm like, I didn't even get it. And they're like, Well, we got on Postmates and the woman shows me. And the man's just sitting there with his arm closed because the man, the husband for sure was like, oh yeah, you know, you ate the food or you're currently eating the food. And I couldn't even let them in the house because if they would have walked one step in the door, they would have saw the whole thing. And I had just lied to them. So they would have saw the whole fucking countertop with their Chinese food that they ordered. Anyway, I'm like, no, I'm not show up. And then the wife shows me the picture of Postmates. When you order, it shows when they leave it at the door, they take a picture of it and it's in the Postmate account. She's like, oh, it's weird because it... Shows it was just delivered here. 
uh, like 10 minutes ago or something, and we recognized your doorstep. And we decided to come over. We thought we'd just come over and get it. She's like, that's so weird. And I don't even know what to say. I was, I started to say like, maybe an animal took it, but then I realized like, no, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> doesn't even make any sense. Like an animal came out of the front door and just took the Chinese food or something. And again, meanwhile, spinach on my shirt. And so I just said, I was like, I don't know how it came here. And then, uh, so they just were like, okay, like I tricked them into thinking that it never came. And then of course they felt bad. But so they eventually left. And look, I'm saying this and I'm not proud of it, but I did technically sort of steal their food and I didn't mean to. And then when Matt got home, I yelled at him. I was like, why the fuck did you uh, go somewhere? And he's like, what are you talking about? I just went for a walk outside. And I was like, well, you should have told me that there was food here. And he's like, Dad, no, I'm just like yelling at him. It didn't make any sense. But you got to be careful. You got to make sure you're eating the right food. And so I wish I would have just went over to something about her or made myself a sandwich because there was something about that Chinese food and it was that it was not mine. I just kept eating it. But I didn't know. And luckily, it was our arch nemesis neighbor. So it wasn't like the ones we like. It was like the one we don't like. So I was kind of okay with it. And I don't think they listen to this podcast. But if they do, I want to say I'm sorry. And uh, I didn't mean to eat your food. Anyway, just had to tell that story. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. Uh, okay, so then what else is going on? And speaking of something about her, she we do see them cleaning up the kitchen. There's a chef consultant named Penny doing like a soft opening with the sandwiches. And Ariana says to Katie that she's not mad about uh, Sansoval leaving the barbecue party on Labor Day to come see her. She's just, but I think Ariana's like sort of stuffing these feelings about Tom Sandoval down because she doesn't want to deal with it. But the truth is, he's a demon. He's a demon, and she's trying to be nice about it. She, I took it to believe like Ariana was covering for him and stuffing it down because she didn't want him to look bad on camera. Like I actually thought she was covering for him and probably was more upset about it than she let on, but that she was covering for that dumb sins of all. And so here she was once again sticking up for him and being nice to him. And meanwhile, he's got no respect for her, not a single ounce of respect for her. Then we see Charlie and Rachel shopping, and Rachel's talking shit about Terry. Shit about Terry. Of all, uh, I mean, I'm disgusted. Go yourself, Raquel. Of all people, Katie's mom, Terry, just talking shit. And she was rude to her later in the episode, which we'll get to. I can't wait to get to that. Uh, but uh, I'm surprised Charlie wasn't at the finale event at Sir. I wonder what happened to her. We also see Rachel uh, buying the lightning bolt, the lightning bolt necklace. If you haven't followed all the news and everything going on, there were these rumors about the lightning bolt necklace and how it was like a connection between her and Zinsval because he, of course, has the lightning bolt necklace. And ever since this information came out, I've been seeing the lightning bolt jewelry everywhere. I feel like I was just watching, oh, that HBO show, Somebody Somewhere, that it's a Bridget Everett show. It's fantastic if you haven't watched it. The new second season just started. But she was wearing a lightning bolt necklace in that show. And I'm like, oh, is she in a menage a trois? Like, what's going on? Is Bridget Everett in the menage a trois with uh, Zinzaval and the other one? And then there are also these rumors now that Billy Lee and Tom Zinzaval might have had some sort of torrid affair years ago. And she she was on her podcast, and she was saying that maybe she thinks Billy Lee and Tom Zinzaval hooked up, and I don't know. He needs to keep that thing in his pants. Uh, anyway, let's. Um, I'm surprised that they bought the lightning bolt necklace on camera for $780. The audacity of that woman. I just talked about how I was in a good mood this week, and now I'm just getting so pissed buying the lightning bolt necklace on. 
Oh, and then Schwartz and Sandy's, we see those two sitting in the, sitting in the booth. And then Sandoval's like, I want to go somewhere cool with Ariana. And then Schwartz is like, I see signs of you guys having trouble. And Sandoval's like, yeah, I buy all the toilet paper and she doesn't. And I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, oh, you're mad because she don't buy the toilet paper. Just ex- they're giving excuses is what they're doing. And they're trying to trick us all into thinking that she's the villain. And they're trying to prep us because Sandoval didn't think that this whole affair would come out before the season wrapped. And so they're trying to prep the audience into thinking that Ariana's an asshole, which is even more fucked up to do to her after you're already cheating with her in the house with that other one. I mean, it's just, uh, it's so obvious. And then he's just arguing all this stuff, like Sandoval saying, like, she don't buy the toilet paper. I got to buy the pens and the toilet paper towels or some shit like that. And then he's just making up these excuses for why he's cheating. And then he says uh, he can count on uh, how many times that Ariana, on one hand, he can count how many times that she said he was right. And he gave her, uh, she gave him the benefit of the doubt and said, you're right, Tom, you're right about that. And let me tell you something. I worked with the two of them. I wrote a whole book, Fancy AF Cocktails. Okay, I worked with the two of them. And I remember plenty of times where actually Ariana said that Tom was right about something. So it's all a bunch of bullshit. And he's not going to fool me into thinking that that's true, that he can count on his hand how many times Ariana said that he was right, because it's a bag of bullshit. And I saw it with my own two eyes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that. Anyway, it's true. Then we see um, at Tom and Ariana's, uh, Tom makes coffee with those white painted grippers that I hate so much. And he's like, oh, what can I help with for your sandwich opening? What can I help with? And then he makes excuses about the barbecue, and he's wearing that lightning bolt necklace. And then uh, Sandoval says that she snaps at him and it hurts. And she's just keeps saying over and over, like, I just want to spend time with you. Like, I can't connect with you. Of course, we're not going to have sex unless I can have some sort of emotional connection with you. And then they also talk about like this, there's this interesting thing about him going out and what they want in a love language, right? That's basically what they're talking about. And she's like, I need to have connection. I need to go for walks and I need to spend time like watching our favorite shows. It doesn't have to be something crazy, She's like, I just need to have some time to connect with you. And he's like saying how in his confessional, he wants to take mushrooms and skinny dip. And he's just looking for extreme highs, which is not a normal thing. Like, is, uh, I mean, come on. She's like, I just want to watch fucking Love Island. And he's like, I love you. I just want us to be better. And he says he wants stimuli. He's like, I just need stimuli. Ugh, I just need stimuli. Ugh, ugh. God, he's the worst. That mustache and them white grippers. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> oh, goodness. I can't believe people are going to his shows, too. It's like sort of surprising to me. Not that I guess a lot of people are going to like laugh at it and stuff. I'm trying, I'm being mean. See, I don't want to be mean. I don't like to come on this podcast and be mean because it's not what I want this podcast to be. I want this to be a celebration of the shows that we love. But when these people on the shows that we love are being demons, we have no choice but to call it out. And I'm sorry if that's terrible. It's not terrible. I'm sorry it's terrible. It is terrible, but it's what we're doing. Then we see James and Allie. James is getting ready for his DJ gig. He's on that bill with a million other people. They showed a close-up of the poster. Did you guys... <laughs> that Those Bravo shady editors. James is like, this is such a big night for me. I'm, gonna, I'm on the lineup next to Cascade or whoever he was talking about. And then the Bravo production shows the flyer. And then they zoom in on James Kennedy's name. And you guys, it was so, it was so shady. I loved it. But I'm proud of James. And I'm proud of Allie too, because Allie seems to be very tough with him 
super calm. It's what she gives him boundaries. It's what he needs. And although she is telling him to go to therapy and he don't want to go to therapy, I'm happy that she's saying, no, you got childhood trauma. He's like, no, I don't got no trauma. And it's like, uh, James, we know we've met your family on here and you do have some trauma. And we, much like Jamie Lee Curtis says, uh, deals with her own trauma on the press tour for the Halloween movies. James is also dealing with his own trauma. And so he needs to work out the trauma and he needs to figure it out, figure out the trauma and go to therapy. Everyone could benefit from therapists. It's good for everybody. Then we see Schwartz working out at his apartment when uh, Shula Schwartz is working out and then the white grippers comes over and he arrives with a coffee stained shirt. Also, it was a no fear shirt, which ordinarily I'd love because remember in the 90s, everybody was wearing them no fear shirts. That was like a 90s no fear shirt. And so if he wasn't such a demon, I would have probably gotten on this microphone and said, oh, I love his shirt. But now I hate it. Anyway, he shows up and these two just are covering for each other. And I think that's the thing that's hardest for all, to watch is just like Schwartz knowing all that's going on and then still behaving the way he is. And he's just going to get away with all of this. Like he gets away with everything because the focus is going to be on Sandoval, even at the reunion. I feel like the whole focus is going to be on Sandoval, Zinzoval. And then Shula Schwartz is just going to come in and be like, oh, sorry, bubba, oh, bubba, bubba, bubba. And the truth is, Schwartz is maybe just as bad, if not worse, because he knows everything that's going on, and is just sitting there being quiet. And later in the episode, he's just hiding behind all them plants. And even Peter's ass was like, why are you hiding behind these plants? And he's like, oh, I'm just so blah, blah, blah. And they just get away with everything. I'm sick of it. Anyway, at something about her, Katie's wearing a robe. Was that a robe? That was a robe, right? I mean, she's a beautiful gal. And they're serving these Greek sandwiches. And I understand a sandwich like that, you might get some feta cheese or something falling on your shirt. And so I thought she was going to like change. I thought it was like a robe and then she's going to take it off and reveal her outfit. But no, it was a robe. And to be honest, I support it. I support it. I support something about her. I support Greek sandwiches. And I wanted that Greek salad sandwich so bad. I love a Greek salad. In a sandwich form? No less? Come on. They're giving the people what they want. Guess what you're getting? Remember we did the food tasting over there at Schwartz and Sandy's and there was some bullshit French fries or what What do they have there? It was some bullshit food. And so at least here at the sandwich shop, we're getting a Greek salad sandwich. And that's what I want. Those sandwiches look delicious. Delicious. And so I'm into it. LVP shows up. She's into it too. She has a little chat with Allie. Allie gives LVP a little bit of the business. Allie's like, hey, uh... No, LVP says to her, like, oh, you got to watch James at this concert. And she's like, no, I'm just there to support. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, shit, girl. I was like, girl, 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 girl. She's given the business. Also, can we talk about LVP's filter? Have we ever discussed this on the podcast? She very clearly has, like, Vaseline on the lens every time she's on camera. Am I wrong? Because I noticed in the scene where she was talking to Allie and James, every time the camera cut between LVP and she just never has... You can never see like a wrinkle on her head or nothing. And it's not because of the Botox. Obviously, everyone on there gets the Botox and everything. But LVP very clearly has a filter on her. And I know this is the case if you look at uh, movies with like Jane Fonda. Of course, we've talked about she's got the filter on the lens. And if I was Jane Fonda, guess what? And I'm filming Book Club 8. I'm going to have the filter on the lens too. I'm going to say, I'm Jane fucking Fonda. You better put the Vaseline on the lens. That's what LVP has done this season, and maybe it's happened before, and I'm just noticing it really aggressively this season. 
very clearly a filter. I don't know if it's an Instagram filter or what, but occasionally you see it kind of come in and out and you especially see it when it it's like close up on James or sometimes they'll leave the filter on and it'll like cut to another person and then they suddenly look different. But it's definitely a filter on her. And I noticed it later in the episode too, even in that harsh sir lighting uh, or the something about her lighting rather. It was like, that was harsh overhead lighting. There's no way that LVP just looked like that in that sandwich shop lighting. Because guess what? It was harsh over. They might as well have been in an office building and might as well have been watching the office because that's the kind of lighting that was at something about her. And I'm sure they'll get that worked out by the time it opens. But LVP definitely walked in there and was like, we're not doing it this way. We're not doing it. Much like Mariah Carey arrives somewhere and she's not doing it either. Lighting's important. Lighting is important. Anyway, uh, what else is happening? Uh, Terry arrives. Sheena is not there. So Terry essentially is replacing Shishi this episode. And honestly, put her in the opening credits. Katie's mom, Terry. Uh, I wouldn't mind if she just replaces Shishi. I love Shishi, but I'm, I'm just saying she seemed to replace her this week and I was here for it. And then the Toms arrive, uh, with flowers. Oh, with flowers. With flowers. I am so mad. Rotten Hill. Tom Zanderville. Just showing up with flowers at the place of business. And then I was also even mad later. Raquel didn't even show up at this point in the sandwich shop opening. However, later at Sir, she was eating one of them sandwiches, and I was pissed. I was pissed. Go fuck yourself, Raquel. I thought, go fuck yourself, Raquel. Why are you eating one of Katie's sandwiches? Katie should have ripped it from her little grippers. Ripped it from those beauty pageant grippers, because she shouldn't have been eating that sandwich while she's fucking all their men and everything. It's just disgusting. Just, just, and and by the way, what the fuck are Tom and Tom wearing? Uh, I mean, one of them, Shula Schwartz, his outfit was smelled, and then he had to rub himself with some Sir Le- Lemons, which, by the way, I'm sure that rubbing yourself with a Sir Lemon is not going to get away the stench, because if there's one thing I know, it's that those Sir Lemons probably have a stench of their own. They're not replenishing them lemons every second. I used to bartend. Those lemons get replaced once every other three years. I mean, it's like not often that they're replacing them lemons in the in the drink things. I'm sorry, it's not. And so Schwartz just rubbing that all over his body. And then it just gave me the memories of his wedding day when he's rolling around the lake. And can somebody teach him how to shower and put on some closed-toed shoes? Anyone? Anyone? Do we need a... I mean, what is going on? He's rubbing himself that lemon, that dirty-ass Sir Lemon. Just disgusting. And he kept saying, like, please, nobody eat this or nobody use this lemon. And I just know Christina Kelly or someone accidentally used that lemon. And I feel bad. I feel bad. People are already getting sick on the cast. She she couldn't show up. And now somebody else probably had that that lemon of Schwartz that he rolled all over his body. I mean, come on. And then Sinsval just wearing an outfit straight out of the 70s. And I just, he just... He thinks that he's uh, Harry Styles. I feel like Tom Zinzival thinks he's Harry Styles or Freddie Mercury or someone. And I don't know who told him that. And whoever you are, if you're out there listening, you're wrong. Anyway, then uh, we see Schwartz, Shula Schwartz and Terry have a little conversation. Terry tells him he blew it. And she says, look, she just asked you not to do anything with Raquel. And there are these rumors that Schwartz and Raquel had another makeout at some other bar, but apparently those are just rumors. But the point is, Terry says that's the only boundary she set, was that don't make out with Raquel. And she says to Sheila Schwartz, was it really worth it? Was it really worth it? Mm -mm. Then they all go over to Sir, and Ariana and Raquel have the most absurd conversation at the garden bar. 
which we flash back to when Kristen and Ariana had a conversation at the garden bar. And by the way, I love that we did all this at Sir, at our flagship. We had the Sir dump. We had the LVP speech at the end, which we'll get to. We had the garden bar. It just felt like we were back to our roots in a way that we haven't been in a while. And so I just appreciate your roots. I always appreciate the roots. So Ariana orders shots of uh, lemon drops for her and Rachel to have. And she tells Rachel, she's like, I'm so glad you're here. You're so sweet. She says, um, you're so nice. I don't want to get in between you and Katie. And then Rachel says, look, I don't need to be friends with Katie or Lala. And Rachel keeps saying like how her real friends are the ones she went glamping with. And then she asks Ariana, how are you in Sandoval? And then Ariana tells him. And then Rachel says, well, what about your sex life? And I just, the audacity, the audacity of this woman at the garden bar to be asking about Ariana and Tom's sex life, knowing that she's fucking Zinzaval on the side. It's just, the audacity is out of control. I mean, just come on. And Rachel says, I feel like in a relationship, you should want to have sex. And then Ariana's like, well, I need to be connected to the person. I need to have some sort of connected, connective tissue. And she also says, we've been together 10 years. Like, you don't even know, girl. Get out of here. Like, you don't know. And same thing Katie was saying. Like, Schwartz and I have been together 12 years. We've been married. And so for Rachel to be showing up and trying to give relationship advice to these women, they're like, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. And then Rachel's like, do you feel like you're sexually attracted to him? I'm like, what the fuck are you saying to this woman? You're fucking her boyfriend behind your back. And you're acting like her friend, and now you're asking about the sex life? Come on. Go f*** yourself, Raquel. It's a cra- It's wild. It's like, we need, I need a therapist to just like break this down, because it's fucking wild. Wild that a person can go through that on camera, no less. Wild. Wild. And Ariana is opening up about her, how she feels insecure about her body. And then Rachel cries about herself and is like, oh, I feel that way myself. I do that to myself, too. I think we're a lot prettier than we think. Ugh. And then it ends the conversation where Raquel says, clearly you want to be in this relationship. And Ariana's like, yeah, like I, we, of course I do. And then Rach has this weird existential moment where you could tell she's thinking about how she's a demon. She's like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Oh, I can't. it was shocking to me. It was shocking to me. Shocking. There's also a moment where Raquel and Peter take shots, and then LVP, Lala, and Ken, inexplicably, Ken is there. They have a conversation about Lala wanting another baby. She says she might do a sperm donor or something. I don't know. It was hard to really focus on the Lala situation because we were dealing with so much with the other stuff that I'm like, okay, Lala, like wrap this up. Like You and Ken need to speed up the talking. Of all people to do this scene with, Ken wasn't one of the persons uh, that we should have mic'd up. Because I wanted to rush through this scene, and then she's sitting there with LVP and Ken, the slowest talkers on the cast. And I'm like, speed this scene up. we got to get to the Sandoval, Scandoval situation. Anyway, then, um, oh, that's when Schwartz uh, rubs the lemon on his armpits. I can only imagine what them pits smell like. I mean, it must... I think I'd rather take a sniff of the Sir Dump than one of Schwartz's pits. To be quite honest, I hate to say it. I mean, I'm not saying that he smells worse than the Sir Dump, but I am implying it. I am implying it, because there's no way if he's rubbing lemons on them pits. And I'm sure at least that Sir Dump probably smells of, like, the ghost of Vale and Laura Lee and some old goat cheese balls scrappings. Like, at least that's what that smells like. But Shula Schwartz just rolling around in lakes and then rubbing his uh, pits and his... 
his hush with old lemons from the Sir uh, bar. No way he smells good. No way. No way. And there are these rumors that Sandoval smells bad too. And I don't know. Anyway, then Raquel goes over to Katie and she tells Maloney, she says, um, I want to th- congratulate you on the sandwiches. Like I didn't show up, but I just, I tried one of the sandwiches and I wish Katie would have been like, you should spit out that fucking sandwich because you didn't deserve that sandwich. She said, I should have said, I never made that sandwich for you. So spit it out because uh, just disgusting. She took that sandwich, that sandwich. There's plenty of hungry people that should have gotten that sandwich before Rachel. I'm sorry to harp on that, but I would love that Greek salad sandwich. And here's Rachel just chomping down in it, walking around like she owns the joint. And sir, I mean, come on. And wasn't she supposed to be working? She's just running around with them sandwiches. She did not earn a sandwich. Just take that sandwich away. You know how in the other Housewife franchises, they're always holding oranges and apples. And then when a Housewife gets demoted, they get their apple taken away. It's like somebody needs to demote Rachel with, by taking away her sandwich. Maybe next season they should all be holding sandwiches in the old opening shots. I don't know. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, Katie was apparently rage texting Shula Schwartz. Now, I do think, here's where we're going to go off track a little bit, even though I hate Shula Schwartz. I do think that Katie, I wish she wouldn't rage text because I, I just want her to completely drop this man. And I know there's more logistics. Speaking of a TV show, there are logistics in a TV show and filming. And I think my take on her saying, like, I want to have a friendship with Schwartz is her saying, I know we have to film this show together. It's how we make our livelihood. Our businesses are tied to this show. So I think that's all the subtext. I don't think in ordinary circumstances necessarily Katie would be saying, I want to be friends with my ex-husband. But when it comes to this show, I think that's what she's saying. So with that said, though, I wish in real life Katie would just be able to wash her hands of this man and hope that he would wash his hands in an actual sink instead of a lake, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, I wish she would just tell him to fuck off and, um, you know, move on, move on, because I don't like that she's even wasting her rage texts on this man. She should be rage texting Satchel. Satchel, which, what, what happened to him? We got uh, two episodes of Satchel and then never seen or heard from him again. And I need an update on Satch. Hashtag, where's Satch? Justice for Satchel. I need to know where that man is. Where in the world is Satchel San Diego? Is he in San Diego? I don't know. He's certainly not in West Hollywood at the Sir Dump because I was looking for him. When uh, Katie and Sheila Schwartz were talking about them pro- propane tanks, I was thinking, where's Satch? And actually, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, maybe Satch is like got a match ready and just waiting for the signal from Katie to light them propane tanks on fire, right? Did you must feel that way? I thought Satchel might have been right behind that big old wall of propane tanks just waiting for the cue, right? The cue from Katie. Katie just point at him, and then all of a sudden he light the match, and then everything gets lit on fire. Or like Angela Bassett and waiting um, to exhale. Remember, she lights the car and all the stuff on fire, and then she's walking away from it, and she's snapping. Like, that's what I picture. Like, Satchel lights the match, and then Katie's just like walking away from Shula Schwartz as like the whole restaurant is lit up on fire and blows up. Ah, that would have been great TV. Not that we want anyone to get hurt, of course, we don't want anyone to get hurt, but it would be fun if we recreated the Angela Bassett waiting to exhale moment with Katie and Satchel, is what I'm saying. Uh, then Katie is just telling Rachel, Rachel keeps trying to talk to Katie about like the rage texts, and Katie's like, what are you doing? What the fuck are you saying to me? Leave me alone. And Terry, Christina Kelly, and Lala are just like staring and listening. And I don't, everyone is kind of 
uh, staring at her and giving her eyes that say like, fuck off Raquel. Like that's how they were all looking at her. And Katie, even I think a couple times said like, fuck off Raquel, but she wouldn't. Katie just says like, this is my husband. And that's what Rachel's not getting is like, these two are legally married still. So like, leave them be like you're getting into mess. And as a viewer of this reality TV program, I'm very thankful that she did all this craziness because it's making for good TV. That said in real life, it's not appropriate. Like get out of their fucking business. They're married. They are married. It's crazy. And then Terry has to speak up because she says, did my conversation with you in Vegas mean anything? Like I told you that my daughter's hurting. They're married. They love each other. Stay away from him. And look, if a mother tells you something like that, you stay the fuck away. You listen to the moms. You just listen to moms. And then Katie does call Rachel a little effing, see you next Tuesday, which I feel like we don't hear that a lot on Vanderpump Rules. That's something that that word comes up on Housewives, I feel like a lot. And of course, on Vanderpump Rules, it comes up in the context of James's DJ night, which I can't even believe in the year of our Lord 2023 that James Kennedy has a DJ night still, I believe, at Sir called See You Next Tuesday. Yet here we are. Uh, but we don't normally hear that word being thrown at each other people on Vanderpump Rules. It often happens on Housewives, but Katie called Rachel that. And then Terry uh, sticks up and says, Rachel, you're being disrespectful. And then, and then, oh my God, guess who comes in? Guess who comes in and starts sticking up for Rachel? Tom Zanderville. Tom Zanderville. Zanderville comes in and just like, oh, you don't know anything. Uh, and him chiming in, he's like, here's the issue. Shut the f*** up She's like, shut the fuck up Ugh. He's always going to get involved And it's so creepy how he's just sticking up for Rachel the whole time Meanwhile, Ariana goes and cries to LVP Because she's like, I'm just dealing with a lot And she's crying And Zanzibar is just there sticking up for Rachel Instead of his girlfriend of 9 years, 10 years It's disgusting And Ariana's like, I just want to go home She's crying, she's had the worst fucking summer of her life already Without the whole scandal situation happening And then, uh her significant other is just doing all this shit behind his back, her back. And then Sandoval is like telling Katie to take accountability. He's like, you got to take accountability. And it's like, she has to take accountability? What? What? Who? She has to fucking take accountability? Oh, Andy better let his ass have it at the reunion. Hear me, Andy Cohen? I hope you let his ass have it because the fact that he's telling Katie to have accountability. Like, fuck that. Fuck that. And then Christina Kelly chimes in. She's like, Sandoval, go focus on Ariana. She's over there crying. Meanwhile, Lala and Katie are in the kitchen. And I haven't seen the inside of the Sir Kitchen for quite some time. Maybe we've seen it. Have we seen it in a while? I feel like we haven't seen that environment in a while. Uh, but Katie pulls Shula Schwartz aside. And she's pissed. She brings him right to the dumpster. So excited. Right by them propane tanks. And then they say, Rachel comes out, and they say the makeout wasn't malicious. And then they show the clip of Shula Schwartz and Rachel talking about the makeout. And it was malicious, because they're talking about how they're just doing it, basically, to piss off Katie. And it's like, yeah, it was malicious, you assholes. And then Katie eventually sends Rachel away. She's like, I'm trying to talk to him. She's like, get the fuck out of here. And then Katie storms away and leaves Sheila Schwartz just sitting there with his fingers in his mouth and just sitting on that bench. And then Guillermo, that stud Guillermo, Guillermo really is the hottest one on this show. Is he not? He is. And Guillermo brings out the cake for LVP's birthday. 
And then LVP gives the end of the season speech that leaves the hairs on my hands standing up. All, everyone, the goosebumps. Just talking about it now, just saying that gives me the goosebumps. The hairs on my back of my arm are sticking up because I love when she gives this speech. It's the same speech every fucking year. Every season on this show, LVP has a script. She reads from it and she delivers her lines. And so she says, I've seen you all go through so much this past year. It's not about how life throws stuff at you. It's how you deal. I've seen Lala and what you've been through. I love you all. I really do. And you will learn how to deal with your problems as you get older. And it's the same. I bet you. I bet you it's probably the exact same script. I mean, they probably wrote one script for her 10 years ago, 10 seasons ago, or what season are we on? And she just keeps on, she pulls out that monologue once once a year at the Sir in the back garden of Sir, and she delivers them lines. And quite honestly, no one delivers it like her. Give her the Emmy. And she deserves it for doing it year after year with such conviction. Because they say actors... It's hard uh, when you're delivering the same lines over and over again. Right? You often hear from actors who've been on sitcoms for 100 years, and they say they got to spice things up or keep things interesting so that they don't get too lazy in their acting skills. And actually, I think LVP is one of the most talented on-screen presences we have because the way that she's able to deliver the exact same word-for-word monologue every single season for 10 years is something to be admired. Meryl Streep could never. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uma Thurman wishes. She wishes because no one is delivering the same exact speech over and over and over and over and over again. Like, that's talent. It's talent. So uh, give her the Emmy. Give her the Producers Guild Award. I don't know what we got to give her, but it's brilliant. It's brilliant. And that's the end of the episode. Next week on the show, we we talked about the preview for next week because it already came out. But we get Kristen showing up in the slides and... Showing up in them Nike flip-flops and the leggings. Ah, I can't wait, you guys. I can't wait. What a show. What a season. I can't believe it. I was uh, just telling you how I was in such a good mood at the beginning of this recap, and now I'm all fired up. I'm all fired up. Isn't that terrible? Isn't that terrible? Rotten Hill. Tom Zanderville. Zanderville. Anyway, uh, that's Vanderpump Rules. So much going on. Uh, for now, I want to go to our housewives. We got to move over to housewives. So much to talk about this episode. We got Jersey and Atlanta. So we're going to take a quick break and then come back and talk about those housewives. And I, as I mentioned, I think we're going to try to do two episodes of Everything Iconic coming up later this summer. But for now, we're doing one episode a week. And so look, housewives might be getting a short end of the stick sometimes because there's only so much I can only come on the microphone and talk by myself for so long. My voice gets sore. So uh, some of the housewife stuff, I know we just had a brilliant, beautiful Atlanta season premiere. And so I'm going to talk about it, of course. But the uh, Vanderpump is where my heart lies at the moment. And so we try to follow the heart. And so that's why the Vanderpump recaps are going to be a little longer than the Housewives for now. But then Vanderpump will be over soon. We'll lean into Housewives and it's the great circle of life. And so with all that said, got to take a break. I want to thank Acast. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also pre-order my upcoming book. It's called The Jolliest Bunch. And I, I really would love, it would mean the world to me. It would mean the absolute world to me. If you could go pre-order wherever, independent bookstore, Amazon, Target, wherever you get your books, uh, it's going to be great. It comes out in October, late October. And I will probably be annoying about it because you got to promote the book, got to promote the goods, promote the wares. So if you like this podcast and you want to support, it's a great way to support by ordering that book, pre-order it. Uh, okay, we're going to take a break.
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I don't give a because I'm a winner. I'm winning. Who is he talking to like that? Woo! A lot of what the fuck energy coming out of the Real House of New Jersey lately. A lot of what the fuck energy. Out of that man, Louis, a walking red flag, and his face is essentially turned into a red flag because all the blood is rushing to it every time he talks about Joe and Melissa Gorka. What is going on? That was a clip from next week's episode of The Real Houses in Jersey. We're wrapping up the season, and Louis seems to have completely lost it on the Gorkas. He's no longer namaste. He's staying angry, but he's not namaste He was so relaxed and chilled and seemed to have such a bright outlook for the family for the future, and now he's just lost. He's talking about rats and pulling out of snake pits and shit. Like, I don't know. He said to Teresa, he's like, what would you do if I was in a snake pit? And she was thinking, she's like, I don't know what the fuck... <laughs> I was thinking that too. Teresa was actually quicker with that than I would have been because I was like, what is he saying? Like, what the fuck is he saying these days? Every time he's on screen, mic'd up, I'm like, what is going on? What is going on? Now, I do want to just mention that I heard a rumor that they are filming in fall and Christmas of next year on The Real House in New Jersey. So I don't know if that's true or not. That's a rumor that's going around that they are going to wait until the fall and winter to film Jersey again. And if you listen to Everything Iconic, I've been saying that's what we need to do. Because I think the family stuff, if we do keep Teresa and Melissa around next season, 
both of them, then I think the family stuff will play better. Also, I think Danielle's family stuff will play better if we ever get to meet that brother of hers that she keeps talking about, which I can't hear one more effing thing about. Uh, but I hope they are filming because I'm tired. I want to get back to the early days of Jersey where we're filming and we're getting sprinkle cookies and all of that. Now, I also want to mention before we get into this week's episode that I got a chance to read Andy Cohen's new book. It's called The Daddy Diaries. And it's a diary format. So it's all of 2022. Each uh, page is a different entry, essentially, from that year. So each uh, day he talks about who he had on Watch What Happens Live or where it was going out or what's going on behind the scenes of Housewives. I loved it. It was a quick read for me. I read it in a night and I loved it. But the thing that I took away from it is that uh, he talks a little bit about correspondence with different housewives. So he talks about Ramona texting him this, or he's getting ready to announce the Real Houses New York news. You know, this is his 2022, so we get a little behind-the-scenes info for all the stuff that was going on at Bravo, and I don't want to spoil anything. But there is one takeaway I had regarding the Real Houses New Jersey, and that it's that after last season's reunion— He sort of implies, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me because I just read it last night. I wasn't, I wasn't earmarking it as I was reading. I should have, but there's a few different times where he sort of alludes to Teresa at the end of last season, seeming like she didn't want to do the show anymore, right? And then he implies that the next season would probably be her last, right? meaning the current season that's airing. There's even a part where they tried to get Caroline Manzo back and they couldn't get the money to get her back and she wanted too much money, but they did try to get her back for this current season that's airing. And he says something, there's a line in there about how he thought it'd be a nice way to come full circle with Teresa's storyline, having Caroline back for the current season that's airing. So there were a couple different instances where it seemed to imply that at least in his perspective, from his perspective, was that Teresa maybe would be done after this current season that's airing. And I always thought this whole season, I thought they're going to get rid of Missy G. And now I read that book and I'm like, well, maybe are they going to get rid of Tree now? Now, I don't know what's going to happen. And maybe they'll keep both of them around. Maybe they'll decide that's the way to go. But it seemed uh, from reading his book that, but then I can't, I can't see them just wanting to end this storyline with Louie and this whole thing that's going on because that's going to be dynamic TV, whatever happens next. Because Louie, I, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. So there's lots to think about. A lot of what the fuck's to think about. Anyway, next week we also get a, another great Gatsby party. Ugh. Can't do it. Can't do it. I don't want to see another flapper. Not one more fucking flapper. Okay, bravo. I don't know who's doing this. It put us out of our misery with the flapper fucking parties at this point, because I can't see one more fucking long cigarette on the Bravo Network. Every show, the Real Houses of Atlanta had a flapper, 1920s prohibition flapper. I don't know what we're calling it these days. 1920s, I suppose, is like what the theme is. But it was in the premiere of Atlanta. And then the same week, we have the Real House of New Jersey getting ready for their prohibition, Irish prohibition party. And at what point is enough enough? We have to stop. We need 1920s reform on Bravo Network. I can't do it. Not one more time. I don't want to see the goat yoga, of course. I don't want to see the axe throwing again. But the thing that I am most tired of that we must retire, we must retire the 1920s theme party because we're seeing it too much. We saw it on The Real House. Beverly Hills has done it upwards of 45 times. If I see that Splits Richards doing the splits one more time in a 1920s dress, I can't do it. You hear me, Bravo? 
And I don't know what else to say anymore. I don't know who's got to speak out. We need to get Joe Biden on the line or something. We need to get our reps, demand reform from our reps, because there's nothing's changing. And we've been calling for the retirement of the 1920s party. And I'm not sure if it's on production or what it is. Because the women, too, I need them to listen up to this podcast as well. All the ladies out there who are in the Real Housewives universe, I need you to stop it. Throw those outfits away. I don't want to see one more long-ass necklace from Party City. I don't want to see the hats. I don't want to see the long-ass cigarettes. I don't want to see none of it. None of it. Do you hear me? At what point is enough enough? And I think it's going to warp our brains. It's going to warp Americans' youths into thinking that when they reach a certain age, all they do is throw 1920s theme parties. Because if there are any youths watching this network, which I'm not sure if they are, however, if there's any teens or impressionable young minds who are turning into the tuning into the Bravo network, they're going to think that this is a normal part of aging. They're going to think it's the same thing as like, I, I don't know, something that happens when you get older. You go through menopause and then you throw a bunch of 1920s theme parties. That's what they're going to think. Because that's what we're being uh, trained to believe. You reach a certain age, and then all you do is throw fucking 1920s theme parties, Prohibition era, and uh, you get together with your friends, people you hate, and you throw a Prohibition party. And that's not what aging is about. And so we just need to tell other stories. There's got to be other stories to tell in these universes. And I am such a fan of having older women on TV. I think it's so important. I like an older housewife. I, I want to see women 50, 60, 70 plus on the housewives. That's what I like. However, I don't want to see it if all they're going to do is throw 1920s theme parties because that's not a part of aging. Guess what? My mother's in her 60s. God bless Linda Pellegrino. You know what she's never gone to? A 1920s theme party. It's not a normal thing, at least from Ohio. My mom, Linda Pellegrino, she's not calling me, Dan, I'm going to a prohibition party. Guess what? She's not going to prohibition party because it's not a normal thing. And yet on house sides, you turn on the network at any given hour. And guess what you're going to see? You're going to see Splits Richards in a flapper outfit. And no more. I can't do it. I can't. Not, and I want to see the Atlanta cast in the flapper outfits. I don't want to see the Real House in New Jersey getting ready for the finale. I mean, we have a wedding to go to. Can't we do another wedding event or something instead of the 1920s flapper theme party? And then they're trying to bamboozle us by having Polly do it. So now they're saying, oh, Polly's coming on camera saying, oh, it's going to be in honor of Irish's, Ireland's prohibition or some shit like that. Now, Polly, what the fuck? What the fuck are you thinking, Polly? I know you're new to this universe. Maybe Polly doesn't understand that we've done these 1920s theme parties a hundred fucking times. But Polly or somebody needs to step in and tell Polly, Dolores, that's on you. Dolo, you got to tell Polly, you got to shape him up and say, we're not doing it. Or Frank Jr., Frank Sr., I don't care who's got to tell Polly, but somebody's got to get the news to Polly because he didn't seem to get the memo that we're tired of it. And so, look, the next week's episode looks thrilling. However, it just needs to, it needs to, somebody needs to say something. It needs to be outlawed. I don't know. Can we put a, is there leak? Can we get legal on the line? Somebody needs to call up Bravo HQ and get legal and say, what can we do? What are our steps going forth to uh, make sure that we never have this happen again? Because there has to be some sort of checks and balances in place. And I'm sorry to get political here, but we need to reach out to our reps because there's no other way that this is changing. And I don't know how many more times I can get on this microphone on everything iconic and say that we need to stop this. But it happened on Atlanta and it happened on Jersey. 
And it, it can't happen again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so let's talk this week's episode. I'm sorry to get that off my chest. This is a long-ass episode of everything. I kind of so much to discuss. I'm sorry. And then I know some people are going to be upset I didn't cover Housewives enough time. But there's too many things airing. It's a lot. Um, okay, so this week's episode, we open with Melissa, Joe, and Antonia eating frozen grapes. That was it. They just, I don't know, showed them eating frozen grapes. And I was like, what are the logistics of getting the whole ass camera crew <laughs> to the new court, to the Gorga residence to just watch them eat frozen grapes? I imagine that scene must have been about something else. And it was just a quick little clip. Like it only lasted like two seconds. But I was thinking, what are the, it's expensive to get a whole ass camera crew over to a new location. And they went to their location and all they did was film them eating frozen grapes. And I love a frozen grape. I mean, God bless. But it just seemed, what were the logistics of that? And then we have this scene with Margaret, Marlene, Marge Sr., and then Fesler and her uh, mom and the twin aunt, who dressed the same. Now, I could talk about these ants. I mean, how long should we spend in there? I mean, how long do you guys want? At least, should we do like 27 minutes on the ants? Because I have, <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on those ants. Aunts, ants, I don't know what we're saying these days, but those two women who were the twins, let's talk about their outfit first. First, I'm always fascinated. You know, I've said this before on the show. If there's someone new filming, I'm always fascinated by what they wear because that's a stressful thing. It's like they're on camera for the very first time on this big hit show, The Real House of New Jersey. So Fessler's mom and the twin aunt decided to dress the same, which is surprising to me. They decided to dress the same. I know they're twins. I don't think they needed to be so on the nose to dress the same, but it was their first time on television. So they also probably put a lot of thought into those outfits. A lot of thoughts into those outfits. Now, at first glance, I thought it was just a traditional blousey top, right? I thought it was like a traditional white blouse, which, great, a nice outfit for these two women to wear on camera for the very first time they're appearing on national television. Unless, I don't know if they appeared before on national TV, but the first time I'm seeing these women were in this nice white blouse. However, when I took a closer look at this white blouse, it was shocking to the naked eye because it had ruffles, but it wasn't, it was like a muted ruffle. I don't know how else to explain it. You'll have to go back and watch, but they somehow found this blouse that had a very muted ruffle. It almost looked like, you know, those Carrie Bradshaw outfits from Sex and the City where she's got like the big flower bow or the summer house reunion looks just came out recently. And I think Paige maybe had like a big, a big flower bow kind of thing on her dress. And so I know it's must be in style. But by the time that style got, it's like the, in the movie Devil Wears Prada, how Meryl Streep gives that speech about how uh, the Gap ends up having a sweater that was picked by these designers, but it gets so watered down from the initial thing that appeared on the runway from these high-end designers. And so I was just imagining the watered-down version that these ants on The Real House in New Jersey got of this blouse that had <laughs> this ruffled blouse. Because it was shocking. It was shocking. And it it was just a muted, I don't know how else to explain it, a muted ruffle. It was a muted ruffle. Muted ruffle. So go back and look, but it was a strange ruffle. Like I, I would have preferred even either a bigger ruffle or no ruffle. It just, it was a weird in between. And somehow they found two of them. Inexplicably, they got their hands on two of them. But I did love these two. They were uh, apparently, oh my God, this, listen to this. So then two aunts, the t- I keep calling them the aunts. One's the mom and one's the aunt, but we're just, I guess we'll just call them the aunts. Anyway, come to find out, 
that they were, get this, besties with Barbara Streisand. Ah, uh, Barbara. Barbara, can you hear me? Guess what? Those two women, the ants, heard her back in the day because they were friends. I'm not sure what age. I think they were probably kids. But then they said Babs would sing with their grandma or Jen Fesler's grandma. And how is Jen Fesler connected to all these celebrities? I mean, she's got friends with all of them. She, she Remember, she had James Gandolfini inside of her twice. And now she's telling us how the, the ants were besties with Babs. And it's like, what? What is going on? She's connected to all of them. She should have her own late night show because she have no problem booking guests because they uh, she's got a connection to all of them. And so Fessler, I can't even imagine how they didn't give Fessler. I'm disgusted actually by that. I'm disgusted that they didn't let Fessler. And they meanwhile they let Danielle. I'm sorry. I'm turning on Danielle. I'm turning on Danielle because Danielle is uh, it's not offering anything. She's just not. And we can all trick ourselves into pretending that she has been, but she hasn't. She keeps putting off, talking to Missy G, and uh, she keeps uh, just making excuses for everything. She's not engaged. And you know who is engaged is Fessler, and she's got all these famous friends. Guess what? Fessler could probably bring some. Maybe we get Babs appearance on here at this point with Fessler. But you know Fessler's not going to bring in Babs uh, to film a scene with her moms or aunts or whatever the fuck we're calling them. If uh, she's not a main cast member, she's just a friend of. And so this is a mistake. And so we need to get her, while we're on the phone with our reps about the 1920s theme party reform, we're also going to need to get with our reps talking about Jen Fessler being a main cast member. And the moms, the aunts, moms, I wouldn't mind if they, I wouldn't mind if they were main cast members either. I know we tried twins on the show before and it didn't work out back in that weird season where they, they just try to pretend it didn't happen. Do you remember those twins? Those twins who like Dunkin' Donuts. I liked them, actually. I didn't like the other one that was on that season, but I did like the twins. Anyway, that was a big old mess of a season. But I do love, and I love that we're getting to know Jen Fezzer. I feel like I've gotten to know her more than I have Danielle. And guess what? At least, I don't know, I was going to say, at least Jen Fezzer, she's introducing us to the aunt and to the mom. Danielle just keeps talking about the brother, and then we're not even seeing. Jen Fezzer's got main character energy, is the point. So then we have this scene with Dolores and Frank Sr. at dinner with their family and their significant others, Polly and Brittany. I love Brittany. You guys, that, speaking of getting her a main cast member, I, I get her something. I, you let her put the hands on the hips in the opening credits because Brittany is a star. The moment she asked uh, Polly it, when he learned English uh, after coming from Ireland, that was the moment I was like, she needs some, we need to get our contract. We need to, and I'm sure actually Bravo probably said the same thing. Whoever was listening to the audio feed that day, <laughs> I just imagined someone in like a production van and then immediately like called up Bravo legal and was like, get her a contract because Brittany, the moment she said that I was like, we need to know more. Uh, Frank Jr. Though I, that man, Whew. Matt, turn on the fan. That man, Frank Jr., I mean, that man, Frank Sr. does nothing for me sexually. Uh, I was happy that he showed up at least to this Italian restaurant in not a leather vest and tank top. He at least showed up in, I think he had like a white a white blouse, and then he had ripped jeans, which was good for him. Uh, but Frank Jr., I mean, Frank Jr. just ordering the penny vodka with the sausage. As an Italian myself, there was something that did something to me. That changed something internally within, with, inside of me. And yes, I would like him inside me. That's neither here nor there. The point is, Frank Jr., 
uh, love him. The daughter, too, I forget. What's the daughter's name? I don't know. I was so focused on Frank Jr. ordering that penne vodka with sausage. Oh, I don't even know what we were talking about the other one, the the veterinarian. And then we talk about uh, Polly does look like Buzz Lightyear, which, great. He's got two kids, 20 and 17, both boys. Do they look like Buzz Lightyear? Anyway, uh, Polly moved to the U.S. at 23, became a receptionist. Then Frank Sr. suddenly likes Polly now. They, they don't like him before. And I kind of felt like they were setting this thing to be like a big storyline this season, and it sort of went nowhere. But whatever. At least we got to see Frank Jr., my Italian prince. Love him. Then we have Teresa and Louis. Look, every scene with Teresa and Louis, first of all, the dog's name is Rosie. And every time they reference the dog Rosie, of course, I'm thinking about Rosie, the cousin. Every time they say Rosie, I'm like, oh my God, is Rosie back? Because I keep expecting Rosie and Kathy to show up, eating some cannolis in the background or something. And they don't ever show up. And it makes me sad, but they got a dog named Rosie. And so I'm happy that these two are getting married, but there's a lot of red flags. Number one red flag to me with Louie in this scene was when he called his mom. And this is maybe nitpicky. This is maybe nitpicky, but this is, look, I take notes and when he did call his mom, he called his mom and he called her a sexy thing. And I thought, I just thought that was strange. A sexy thing. And I know it was playful and fun, whatever. But it just is strange to me. And maybe it's just because I, I worry about Teresa. I think that's the problem here. It's like, uh, Teresa, of course, he's saying, sitting there in the scene talking about how Joe Gorga. Uh, really ruined everything and was the catalyst for ruining everything with Joe Giudice, the husband who now lives in the Bahamas. And I was thinking, we are kind of blaming Joe and Missy G for quite a lot. We're giving them a lot of credit for everything that's blown up in Teresa's life. And I just think maybe we need to reanalyze where we're placing the blame here. Because Joe Giudice is maybe, uh, everything he did is maybe not Joe Gorga's fault. No, I'm not saying there could be some things behind the scenes that we don't know about. And there's been allegations that maybe Joe Gorga had something to do with the arrest situation. So I don't know what the truth is, but I just think like maybe we shouldn't absolve, is that a word? Absolve? Joe Giudice from everything that's happened in Melissa and his marriage and life, because maybe he had some, uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe he had some problem. And also, I kind of think, is there some layer of Joe Gorga maybe actually just trying to look out for his sister? And maybe Joe Gorga is seeing red flags when it comes to Louis? I don't know. But if I'm seeing the red flags with Louis, certainly Joe Gorga sees them. And maybe he's just trying to protect his sister. Now, with Melissa, I think she might have ulterior motives and she might have some other problems. But... They show the text messages, too. And this was confusing to me. They're talking about the rehearsal dinner. I thought rehearsal dinner was just for the wedding party. And we know that Melissa and Joe aren't in the wedding. So although they are family, why would they have to be expected to go to the rehearsal dinner? So Missy G says in text messages, like, no, I set aside time for the wedding. Now, I also think that Missy G and Joe Gorga, they are strategically playing this as well, because I... They said there is some have some plans or something. They're going to be in some Long Island or where did they say they were going to be or something in the text messages. But I think they're playing this smart too. And so I don't know who to believe. I don't know who is bamboozling me more. I think, quite honestly, they're all bamboozling me. But the person I think is getting bamboozled the most is Teresa in all of this. And so I just want Teresa to be careful because we're all seeing lots of red flags, Louis. We're seeing it. And I hope she sees it too because I don't want 
something bad to happen to her. She's already been through enough with them daughters. And so I want the best for her and them daughters. Okay, so then we see Danielle, uh, with speaking of daughters, with her mom, Angel. And she's wearing a shirt. Now, she is someone who has a clothing line, Danielle. And she's wearing a shirt that says, Mom, Wife, Boss. And... Like, I hate to say this. I hate to say this. I said this on the last episode of Everything Iconic. And it's not something I want to make a habit of. But the only thing I could think of when I saw Danielle wearing the mom-wife-boss shirt is, I'm sorry to say this, electric chair. Electric chair. I mean, what? I'm sorry. What was that shirt? Mom-wife-boss? Oh, which is, and not to get back to Vanderpump Rules, but thing I did learn this week, too is that she, she, Sheena Shea, she's got a tattoo that says, live, laugh, love. Isn't that terrible? It is terrible. Isn't that terrible? It's terrible. I mean, what is happening? We don't need to just keep listing things for, (laughs) as style. Like, just for shirts, for, we don't just need to list things. So here's Danielle just listing mom, wife, boss. Like, we don't need your resume on your shirt. That's just not something part of fashion. And again, I'm no fashionista, but it's just something that if I'm looking at my clothes, I don't need a list of stuff because it's just, I, and I'm a big fan of making lists. I'm an anxious person. I think making lists is actually very good for the brain. You sit down. If I need to zone out, I, I try to make a list of something. I'll, I'll rank things. I'll rank my favorite movies or whatever. I think lists are great. I just don't know that they're fashion. So I'm not sure if maybe we could just strike them, strike them. Just if you're a designer out there, if you're listening to this and you are making a shirt or a dress or or if you're someone who's going to the tattoo parlor and you're thinking about getting a tattoo, I don't know that you should get a tattoo that's just like a list of feelings, like live, laugh, love, right? Like just maybe do a quote. Sheena Shea's got a, another tattoo that says, it's all happening. That I support. Live, laugh, love, though. I mean, that's not something you should have gotten tattooed on your body. And so then now that I'm seeing Danielle's got a t-shirt that says mom, wife, boss. I just don't think we get it. We, like I could know Danielle for two seconds and I'd probably know that she was a mom, a wife and a boss, right? Like I could look her up online or you go to her Instagram page and immediately you know that. So I don't think I need to see it on a shirt. And yet she was wearing it on a shirt. And so I'm just, I'm turning on Danielle and she's beautiful and I'm happy for the clothing line. We want it to succeed. She's got Clothes for kids or something. I'm not even sure exactly what it is. But And there's talking about the brother. I can't with the brother again. And then we see, oh, this beautiful scene with Jennifer Aiden and the brother and the Melda. And she found him an apartment. I also love Jennifer Aiden's curly-haired confessional look. I think she looks stunning. She looks so good in that. I love the curly hair on her. But anyway, it's a beautiful scene. Uh, although when she showed the new apartment, and no shade, but she did show the apartment. She's like, this is a beautiful view. <laughs> <laughs> and it was and it wasn't i'm sorry i'm sorry to be the one to say it but it it wasn't necessarily a beautiful view uh it was a view it was a view and it reminded me of this nikki blonsky video which it, this is going to be a deep cut but you might have to go google this but nikki blonsky star of the movie hairspray she once did this instagram story that you got to see online i'm sure it's on twitter or you could google it or something where she's in a, I believe she's in, I don't want to say the wrong place, but I think she was in Virginia. And she's in a hotel that's like, got best Western energy. (laughs) 
and she's showing it off and she's so amazed. She's like, look at the views. And then she's showing the view from her hotel room. And it's real. it's like through a screen and it's like the worst view ever. And then she shows her food. She's like, they just have the best food here. And she shows this like very sad styrofoam takeout. And it's just, she's like, look at this amazing TV in my hotel room. And it's like a small, <laughs> a small TV. And look, we should all be amazed and we should all have that kind of energy. Go throughout life with the energy of Nikki Blonsky at her best Western in Virginia. However, that's the kind of vibe I was getting when Jennifer was like, look at this view. And then they showed the view. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful or hoity-toity because certainly it's a nice view for these people. It looked like a beautiful apartment. And Jennifer Aiden, I was so happy that she did. She got them this set up here. So I was happy for them. And it was a beautiful mom between brother and sister. However, that just made me laugh. And then also, it's problematic that they're talking about the way that both Jennifer's brother and his wife, Melda, was that her name? And then Jennifer Aiden talking about Bill always going to the pool house. These relationship dynamics are troublesome. Like the fact that Bill just comes home and goes straight to the pool house is a problem. And we're going to have to talk about that later, but I guess we've already sort of talked about it on the show. But it's just something that I hope Jennifer Aiden is looking closely at. Then we cut to Fuda Fuda talking about adopting Jaden. Beautiful moment, too. She's got a nice relationship with him. I love Rachel Fuda. I do. I, I loved the scene. I thought it was beautiful. I cried. And then, uh, let's see, everyone's kind of talking about this Prohibition 1920s party. Joe Gorga did not know what Prohibition means. Who is he talking to like that? <laughs> I think I think Missy Juva's like, you know what prohibition means? And he's like, what? He didn't know. He didn't know. Uh, then we talk about Laura, this Laura woman, again, who's Margaret's old friend. And that storyline's dragging. Like, get to it. Get to it. Either talk about Laura, talk to Laura, mic her up or something. But I can't hear about Laura again. And they keep pushing it off every fucking week. Like, when are we going to get to that? Danielle, like, go up to Missy G and tell her about the Laura text because I'm tired of everybody talking about it like it's this big thing and then no one's actually confronted nobody about it. It's maddening. And then it's revealed Joe Gork is not taking Teresa's calls. And, oh, this is when Louis like, this is the end of the episode and it gets really crazy because Louis says, I want to talk to your brother like I want to talk to a rat in the street. I find him boring. I don't want to share a cup of water with him. It's disgusting. So I don't understand. I think there obviously was something more that happened. Of course, that pizza oven business or whatever that fucking story that happened was. Obviously, we know that happened. But it seems to me that there was also something else. I don't think it was just the pizza oven. I feel like there was something else going on. And I don't know what it is, but we got to get to the bottom of it. But Louis is just losing it. And it feels like, and by the way, when Louis was losing it, did anyone catch how he was just like, like (laughs) in all those pillows? He was like stuck in all them pillows. There's a hundred fucking decorative pillows on there. And I never related Tree and Louis more than when I saw Louis just sitting amongst them decorative pillows. Cause you know, I love being surrounded by pillows. And so he's got, he, his face, he's got all the blood rushed to his face and he's getting so angry. He's like, he's a rat in the street, you know? But then he's like getting completely lost in decorative pillows. And so Teresa's just staring at him as he's uh, blowing up at Joe and Melissa. And he gets so many, they're rats in the streets. I don't hate, I hate them. And then he's just sitting amongst all them decorative pillows. I loved it. I loved it. That's what I love about Housewives is when something's so intense. And that's real life, too. You're in so intense emotions. And then it's happening while you're just caught in a million home good pillows. And I loved it. And Louis says that Teresa is being gaslit by Joe Gorga. 
And I actually think Louie might be. I, I know that word is like a word we keep overusing these days, gaslighting. Everybody's gaslighting. Bravo. And I'm not sure if, uh, I'm not sure that Louie's not the one gaslighting her. I don't know. There I said it. There I said it. And then this is the thing that he says at the end. If you saw me standing in a snake pit, would you pull me out? And she's like, of course. And then he's like, I'm pulling you out of the snake pit. I don't know. I don't know. Next week looks crazy. It's fina- is it the finale? I think it's the finale, and then we got the wedding special. And Danielle finally tells Missy G the rumor next week, which who cares? It's been 114 weeks of this that we've been talking about this rumor of, from a woman we don't even know, and nobody said nothing. Ugh. And why is Danielle even acting like she's got to be the messenger for this information? Somebody else should have been the messenger. Jennifer Aiden should have been the one to bring this up because she initially was the one to bring it up to Danielle anyway. But why is nobody talking about it on camera and saving it for the finale? It leads me to believe that they didn't think they had anything else. So they were like, let's stretch out this rumor from Laura for the whole season. But it's just exhausting. But then we find the, the, the tensions rise between Joe and Louie next week, which is, I don't know, I'm excited to watch. It looks like a great episode. I will say that much. It looks like a fantastic episode, and I'm excited. Now, the Real Housewives of Atlanta... Let's talk. I do have a few thoughts about the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Hmm. Well, Candy, won't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats? <laughs> uh, the Real Housewives of Atlanta is back. I thought the premiere was excellent, but before we get into the premiere, I gotta say, Kim Zolciak, Kim Zolciak, she and Croy are getting a divorce. They also are apparently having some tax or money issues, and people are speculating as the. Uh, breakup announcement somehow reflective of the tax money issues. And I don't know what the truth is. I do know that I watched that season of her spinoff show where they were going around the country in a bus. It was bleak stuff, but I watched most of it on a plane and then I kept going and I saw that whole season. So despite the fact that I don't like any of them, I did watch most of their series, which is not good, but I, and I do not, and I do not recommend it. However, I might actually have to go back and watch because, you know, when you go back and watch Bethany Ever After, her spinoff, you see all these uh, red flags and you see all these things that were kind of bubbling up underneath the surface between the couple. And now I'm thinking, I wonder if I were to go back and watch Don't Be Tardy and see when they were on that bus traveling across the country. I saw some clips online. Remember they went in, uh, to a casino when they were on that bus trip and she had gambling issues or something? I don't know. But I'm sure that she'll be back on Bravo in some way, somehow. If there's money issues and a divorce, you know what that means? Andy Cohen was texting and getting ready to mic her up because Bravo HQ is not going to let that go. They're going to put her on a girl's trip, but they're going to bring her back on Atlanta. We do see in the trailer for this season of Atlanta, she has a scene with Kim's, uh, with Sheree and uh, some of the other women. And so I'm sure, whether we like it or not, I'm not saying this is something I want. I don't want this. However, it's something that's going to happen. It's going to happen whether we like it or not. And so we can all either just ignore it or we can at least understand that it's coming to us. Because if there's one thing I know from Bravo, it's that they're going to mic up that woman. Whether we like it or not, they're going to get to the bottom of it. And you know Kim Zolciak's going to want to be mic'd up too. She's probably calling up production and be like, I'm ready to film. And towards the end of her tenure on Atlanta, it got really tough. I love those early seasons of Kim and Nene. There's no better TV than those first few seasons of Kim and Nini. I mean, those two, they were the founding mothers of reality TV in a lot of ways. I mean, I can go back and watch those early years of Atlanta. And I mean, Nini especially, too. No one's funnier than Nini. No one. 
Well, Candy, won't you check around Puerto Rico and see if there's a studio we can go drop some beats? <laughs> but it behooves you to go back and watch just Kim Zolciak in the in the recording studio. Or remember when they went on that bus trip and it was like Candy and Sweetie and Nini and Kim Zolciak. And every time Kim Zolciak's got the cigarette in her mouth and she always had the wine. Ah. I mean, those early seasons. And then towards the end, she didn't even want to be on the show anymore. Remember, she quit mid-scene. They were trying to go on vacation. She's like, I'm done. And then she throws the mic pack. And then they tried to bring her back. And she did said all these problematic things. The reunion, it was like so bleak to watch. And then inexplicably, they gave her a spinoff that lasted 100 years. I mean, that spinoff, again, it was terrible television. I watched that whole season of The Bus Trip. And it was, none of it was good. Not one episode. <laughs> <laughs> Not one episode was memorable or good. However, I it lasted forever. And I don't put that on me. And anyone out there who watched it, look, I'm not blaming you for that show lasting so long because sometimes we just get hypnotized by these people. And I often think I'm hypnotized by these people on Bravo and I will follow them in their spinoffs, whether I like them or not. You get on a plane and suddenly you're, you're 10 episodes deep on a show called Don't Be Tardy or Manzoed with Children. And you're like, how did I get here? And that's because they, they hypnotize us quite literally. And so you end up watching things you wouldn't normally watch. And so they're going to bring her back. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring Don't Be Tardy back. Who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But I'm surprised. And I think they changed. I saw they changed their Instagram bios. So Kim Zolciak put on her Instagram bio. Hold on. I'm going to look it up. Something about finding another big papa. She wants to find. And I don't follow her. So let me try to look for this. Um, Kim Zolciak. Oh, she's still got the last name. Okay. So her new Instagram bio. It says, don't be tardy to our party. Bravo star of 13 years, six kids, five dogs, four companies, and a growing and growing. All requests go to her email. Oh, she doesn't say. I thought I saw online something she put about Big Papa. Nope. Um, let's see. Did Croy change his? Let's look at Croy's bio. His says, husband, father to six perfect munchkins, athlete. My ring meant a thing, and you can Google me and see I wasn't tardy for that party. So, look, Croy, that's a problem. Actually, that's a problem. Croy, why does he have... What's he doing all them Bravo puns in his Instagram bio for? <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Anyway, those two are two big walking red flags, and I'm not sure where they'll pop up again, but we will see them again, that's for sure. Okay, let's talk about the Real Housewives of Atlanta premiere. I th- again, I thought it was fantastic premiere. We got new graphics. We got this whole party that happened. It opens with this black and white footage of Ross's 40th birthday bash. I find Ross very attractive. That's neither here nor there. But with three shows airing, this is overwhelming for me. We got Vanderpump Rules. We got Atlanta and Jersey. It's hard to keep all these people straight. Plus, I'm still watching Summer House, which what the fuck is going on with Danielle over in Summer House, you guys? What the fuck? Did anyone watch Danielle and Summer House? It's great. I know I'm jumping around a lot, but Danielle and Summer House really lost it this week. Completely unhinged, going around at the engagement party being like, did you know about Carl and Lindsay getting engaged? And all of Lindsay and Carl's friends are like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, she really lost the plot. And then the boyfriend, Robert, sat down with Carl. I mean, nuts. Nuts. And I went into this season thinking I was going to be on Team Danielle. And now I'm like, get out of here, Danielle. You're acting nuts. Although at least she's given us a show. Some of those other people are just sitting around. Sitting around doing nothing. Oh, and they released the Summer House reunion looks. And they're all posing in front of hay. Bales of hay. I don't get why that was. I mean, it's shocking. I could talk about that for 15 minutes at least. The bales of hay and the... Summer House reunion promo photos. What are we doing in front of Bales of Hay? Bales of Hay, too. I feel bad for production. 
who had to haul in them bales of hay. Because I know, if there's one thing I know, it's seasonal decorating. And I get bales of hay around the fall, around Halloween time, and every time it's a nightmare. You bring that bale of hay home from Home Depot, or you go to Kmart or wherever you get their fucking bale of hay, and you try to put it on your front porch, and guess what? That hay gets everywhere. It, it doesn't matter if they wrap up the hay. Them little hay pieces get everywhere. So uh, some poor person over on the Bravo reunion set had to clean up all that fucking hay just because they wanted a set design with hay. And I'm sorry, I don't need to be looking at hay in front of the 600 cast members on Summer House. I mean, what are we making them sit on hay? I bet they just ran out of chairs. They were like, okay, Gabby or Sam, you got to sit on this bale of hay because we don't got chairs no more because there's 100 fucking people in this cast who haven't brought anything this season. And so who knows who's going to have to sit on the hay for the thing. But I'm looking at all their looks. They're posing in front of hay. And I'm thinking, like, literally pose in front of anything else. I saw a picture of Sam from Summer House, the new girl, blonde. What does she do in posing in front of hay in that gorgeous outfit? You get your professional hair and makeup done, you do not pose in front of hay. I don't care. That should be a rule of fashion. I'm not sure if uh, somebody, Tim Gunn, we need to get him on the line, because that should be a number one rule of fashion. Like, no white after Labor Day, and also don't pose in a gorgeous dress in front of a bale of hay, because it's not going to make your photo look good. It, immediately, your eye goes to the hay. I don't even know what they're wearing in the photo, because I'm like, why the fuck is that hay behind them? What are we at, a hayride, a hoedown? Like, what is going on? I feel like I'm at, uh, in an episode of Saved by the Bell, remember when they had their hoedown, and then the, the air conditioning broke, and then they got locked in the boiler room? <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck was that episode? Remember that episode? Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm getting all over the place. This episode's going to be 600 hours long. Uh, Sheree, let's talk about Sheree really quick. Mar- Martel. He is in a, he lives in Huntsville, Alabama. He's cute, but apparently he's on another reality show. Now, I don't watch his reality show, but I'm worried. I'm seeing red flags. And also, I worry about Sheree because she just sometimes picks bad people. And Candy said that Martel is an opportunist. And then I think Martel said that Todd's an opportunist. But I also didn't like how Martel said something about a threesome. And I don't know. It's like, you're just getting with Sheree. I'm just worried about Sheree. I'm, uh, Sheree said she considered a threesome with Bob. Remember Bob the Builder? Not Bob the Builder, but Bob. Um, What's his name? What was his name? Bob. Sheree's ex-Bob. Now I'm getting Bob mixed up with Barb. Barb the Builder from The Real House in New York. There's too many people on these shows. Too many people. We need to cut these casts down. At a certain point, I used to like big cast, but now I'm getting all these names mixed up. Anyway, I'm worried about Martel. He seems troublesome. And then it uh, looks like Carmen's back. Carmen is back. I feel like we haven't seen Carmen uh, from the Candy Factory in quite some time. Don Juan's been showing up, but it looks like uh, Carmen's back in play. And I love Carmen being back in play because uh, Mama Joyce don't like Carmen. And so I just know Mama Joyce is going to give us something good if Carmen's around. And so I'm excited about that. But Candy's, her storyline this season is, again, the work-life balance, which is her real life. Great. But she's also doing these skits on her on her phone or on her social media. I didn't really understand. I didn't necessarily have a problem with them. But I just, here's the thing about social media. I know social media is a nightmare for all of us. But they're Something I don't love about social media is when I see these these icons, these queens, these icons, these legends, like Candy, or like a Jennifer Garner, or like whoever, name the person, these established actors who we grew up loving, or these musicians who we grew up listening to their catalogs, don't like when they feel they have to lean into social media and doing these, these bits on social media, whether they be spoof videos, 
or whether they be. Jennifer Garner's, Garner is constantly doing her cooking videos, and they're so edited. And I know that Jennifer Garner doesn't have, probably isn't doing anything. Uh, it's some social media person who's doing it. But it just makes me unsettled because I'm thinking, you shouldn't have to do this. I don't want, just, you should be able to post what you want. And it, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm getting anywhere, but I just, I'm troubled by it all. I'm troubled by social media. We need to put a stop to it. Moneta's back. Moneta is back inexplicably. I don't know who decided that, but at least Moneta seemed to be doing something this season. I mean, it looks like this season she at least shows up. Last season, I don't know if we got two words out of Moneta. She went on the cast trips and stuff. And I'm like, they decided to bring her back. So there must be something there. Production must know something we don't about Moneta because that's what I have to trust. I have to trust that. Now, they talk, uh, the candy factory talks about Martel cheating on Sheree. Uh, Or no, Kenya and Martel and Candy talk about that. And then Kenya said he tried to flirt with her in the DMs. Although he deleted it or something, or it was really old, because then it was no longer there. So that was confusing. Uh, Todd is writing a movie, and he wants Candy to help him. He wants Candy to produce. And look, I sometimes I have problems with Todd. I do. Worry about Todd. I worry about the fact that he always needs Candy for his stuff. And I know they're a, a duo, but something, I don't know. Candy was doing the shaky voice. He says he wants to make me a problem. When she was telling that uh, story about Todd working on the movie, he was, she was telling that to Kenya and Moneta, and he says he wants to make me the problem. And he, she had the shaky voice. And I don't like Candy doing the shaky voice. It makes me unsettled. Like, I I love her and I want the best for her. I want the best for her. Uh, okay, Sonia and Ross. Sonia has got the bop, bop, bop shirts, and it's too much merch. Merch needs to be stopped on all these shows. We need merch reform because I don't like when they wear in their own merch. I don't like it on any of the shows. I don't like it on Vanderpump Rules. don't like it on Jersey. I said uh, Danielle on Jersey wearing that mom, boss, wife shirt. We need to stop that. And now Atlanta, she's wearing the shirts that she's selling. I don't like it. I don't like it. But her sister got the confessional. That was interesting. Uh, we see Brooklyn, adorable. Love Brooklyn. I, I want a whole spinoff for Brooklyn. Adorable little kid. And uh, Candy's kids, too. Candy's kids. Marlo, um, you know what's not so adorable is Marlo's earrings in her confessional. Shocking. I mean, they were she was having quesadilla night or Taco Tuesday or whatever the fuck that was. And I could only focus on them earrings in the confessional. All I could focus on. And uh, she's got Miss Sharon, her life coach, who arrives. Good, good for them. I'm hoping that Marlo's able to handle her own uh, life balance with the kids, the nephews. I'm hopeful. And then uh, she by Shrey, she by Shrey, the prices are exorbitant. And I think we know from last season, remember the finale episode air, she had the she by Shrey fashion show. And apparently people weren't getting their she by Shrey stuff. They weren't getting it in time. People were having to wait too long. So I'm not sure if she was able to figure that out, but hopefully Shrey gets that figured out. But some of those prices on them joggers, I, I have trouble with, and maybe some of you like them and I like an upscale jogger, but are they upscale? I don't know. I have worries. Sheree says that she has a friend named Courtney, though, who's an all-around girl's girl. And that's always a big uh, sign that somebody's not a girl's girl, right? Like, if somebody's up front and open and keeps saying, I'm a girl's girl, that's when my ears perk up and I go, oh, they're not a girl's girl. And we got to know Courtney later in the episode. And she's a consultant with the jewelry brand. And she's the one going after Candy. And I don't like her. However, I do think she's good for the show. 
because I think these shows thrive when they have some sort of like side character who's just trying to do too much. Oh, I love it. It's like the Kim D effect where it's like, just have them show up a little bit and like stir shit up, make sure we get some plot lines going forward. And it seems like that's what uh, Courtney's doing. So I'm really into her. So keep bringing her around. Even though I do not like her, I want her to keep coming around. Then that's when we have uh, Ross's 40th birthday party and Ralph shows up without Drew. Forgot Drew was even on this show. Apparently she's not feeling well and there's a family emergency. And it's like, well, Ralph, why the fuck aren't you? You're part of her family. Like, what are you doing? You're part of the family, in the words of Caroline Manzo. So why aren't you with the family? Instead, he just shows up to be on camera. Red flag. And then it's revealed that Courtney is, is, was this right? Courtney's Ralph's cousin? What is going on? What is going on? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Kenya does throw some shade at Trey. She says, I think Trey needs a spinoff. Watch me date these dumb dudes. <laughs> oh, I laughed. I miss Kenya. No one better on TV than Kenya Moore. I'm sorry. It's a fact. Kenya Moore is one of our best uh, television stars we have to this day. Uh, then Candy and Courtney talk. Candy says she doesn't know anyone who knows Courtney. And Courtney's obviously making this into a bigger deal for TV to get airtime. She's saying, I just, I am in the same social circles as you. And uh, Candy says, you don't have to give me this crazy energy because Courtney was giving very crazy energy. And obviously Courtney's doing too much, but Candy's about to snap at her. And when Candy snaps, you better get out of the way. But I'm excited for Candy to snap because you know, it's been alleged that a couple seasons, Candy maybe has been a little snoozy. So it seems like she's not going to be snoozy. Uh, but there was also an interesting moment at Candy's restaurant because there was this whole situation that happened uh, with a shooting at Candy's restaurant and production brings it up. It seemed like Candy and Todd didn't want to talk about it. Was that in this week's episode or was that in a preview for next week's episode? I don't know. I'm getting it all mixed up. Maybe it was a preview for next week's episode. It's interesting, though. It wasn't next week's episode. I see I'm getting confused. We got too much going on in the world of Bravo. Anyway, Candy says eventually to Courtney, stop bouncing at me. I'm about to headbutt this bitch. And so then Moneta confronts Sheree about Martel. Kenya tells Sheree that Martel slid in her DMs. And Kenya and Martel, uh, they go at it. And uh, Kenya calls him a, a piece of shit. So very excited to see where this goes. I feel like Atlanta's back. I don't know. I just feel a renewed energy with Atlanta. It feels like everyone's on the same page. It just feels like it's going to be a good season. So I'm excited. And um, yeah, that's The Real Housewives. Uh, One more thing on this week's episode of Everything Iconic. I do have a very special interview with some Muppets. I love talking to the Muppets. And the Electric Mayhem Band has a new show on Disney Plus that legit, I'm a, a Muppet stan. Love the Muppets. And I believe this to be the best Muppets project in years and years and years and years and years. The best thing that the Muppets have done in years. It's about the Electric Mayhem Band, and it's about the making of their album. All 10 episodes are on Disney+. Plus. The first couple I thought were like, maybe start a little slow, but then when it hits its groove, you guys, it's like pure joy. I thought it was so good. So I had a quick chat with the Muppets. Uh, about their new series. So I hope you'll check it out. I'll put it up on the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash Danny Pellegrino and the number one. Uh, you, you stick around and listen to it if you want. Otherwise, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Everything Iconic. Again, check out The Muppets Mayhem on Disney Plus now. All 10 episodes are out. So it's like a sick, it's like Daisy Jones and the Six, but with Muppets, you guys. Like I'm a, I thought it was so good. I swear I'm not just saying that. Legit good. Anyway, 
thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll leave you with this chat with the Electric Mayhem Band. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Thank you. I'm such a huge fan of all of you. Tell me about the new show. What's it about? Well, it's about 10 episodes long. Oh, <laughs> wow. Really? Oh, 10, right. 10 totally groovy episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You'll see our trials and tribulations as we endeavor to create our first mm. album ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's about who we, uh, who we are as a band. And what we want our sound to be mm. and where we want to go from here. You know, it's the most pure uh, electric mayhem experience that there ever has been. Yeah. Mayhem, mayhem. That's, That's right. right. That's right. He knows our name. I can't wait for everyone to see it. I got a chance to watch all the episodes. I loved it so much. Tell me, how have the other Muppets responded? Have you heard from Kermit or Miss Piggy about the show? Oh, most positively, yes, yes. Our fearless froggy leader could not be more supportive of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he leapt at the chance for us to get a solo. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Miss Piggy did, too. Mm-hmm. She said she'd like nothing more than to get away from us for a little while. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, but, you know, yeah, we do miss them. You know, they're like family. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see some of the performances from your past in the show, and you've performed people like Elton John and you've sure. performed at the Rockefeller tree lighting. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite performance that you've all done? Oh my. Ever, like ever, ever. Yeah. Wow. Ever, ever. Uh, uh, there's mm-hmm. a heavy duty question. Uh, outside lands. Oh, wow. Outside animal. That was unforgettable. Ah. I'll never forget the, Oh, and our performance from the Muppet movie. Oh, oh yeah. Cabin right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right yeah. on. That's where we first launched into our, Notable track, can you picture that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, uh, we'd be awesome. remiss if we didn't also recognize uh, the finale performance. I'd say it was. 
quite good in the Muppets Mayhem. So good. Mm-hmm. In the show, we also see all of you sort of explore social media. And Janice, this question mm-hmm. is for you. What did mm-hmm. you learn when you got on social media? Any mm-hmm. lessons or anything you could share? Well, you know, I like social media, but I prefer to live in the moment, you mm-hmm. know, not on a phone, mm-hmm. but I'll totally accept living on an astral plane. Mm-hmm. I do that. Uh, we all learned some pretty mm-hmm. valuable lessons on social media, though. Me? Me, I, I just never read the com- comments. Never. Not once. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Additionally, I, I guess I learned to never like someone's uh, digitalized photograph if it's more than a day old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. That's a good tip. <clears throat> All right. Animal, this question <throat> is for you. Animal, do you have a favorite? Oh, well, sorry. Wait, 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 that's Danny. Animal, hello. Do you have a favorite social media platform? Ah uh, yes, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Thank, thank you for the okay, yeah, That's one of the things we all we all learned. Uh, never ever let an animal get on TikTok again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's wild. Yeah, He's wild. Uh, Doctor Teeth, this question is for you. We learned a little oh. bit about your upbringing, and you had to really fight to follow your dreams. What do you have? What advice do you have for someone who wants to follow their dreams? Oh my. Well, uh, tick tock. No, 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 no. We're, we're, he, He's next, asking me no, questions. Next question. Next question. You know, I guess, Danny, what I have to say is, uh, never give up on your dreams. It's never too late. You could be a child or you could be an adult, but if you have a dream, it can live on forever and you should follow it until the very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Now, I, I want to skip because I just have a minute left. So I just want to skip to Janice. Janice, you've always had such iconic style. What advice mm-hmm. do you have for people who are trying to find their style? Well, thank you. Well, you know, I really don't know that much about style. When I like pick an outfit, I just ask myself one totally simple question. Does it make me feel happy? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is like, yes, it's perfect. You know, perfect for me. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to know about style, lips is one to ask. Okay. Oh, flow. You know what I understand is that you guys will find us on Blair because if you don't have flow, then there's no bill bill because it's yet. What better style <laughs> advice could oh, you get? Well, I love you all so much. The last thing I ask all of my guests, hopefully, maybe you have an answer for this. It's just, uh, do you have a favorite Mariah Carey song? Anyone? Hero. Um, Hero. 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 That's a good one. That's mine. Oh, Obsessed. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. yes. And Janice, I'm obsessed with you. You're my one of my Aww. favorite. I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, Janice, right. come here. Come on in front. Uh, come here, Janice. Come on. Come on. Everyone's going to check out Muppets Mayhem on Disney Plus. It's truly the best show. I love you all so much. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you. You're all iconic. Thank you.